0: Hi, my name is Cody, and I'm on a mission to break the silence of domestic violence and sexual assault. This production is brought to you by Bolton Refuge House, which is located in Wisconsin. At Bolton Refuge House, we create a safe space through programs and services for all persons impacted by domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and sexual assault, and advocate for social change. As you are probably already aware, this podcast largely focuses on Wisconsin when it comes to information we provide. So, you can imagine my surprise when a domestic violence survivor, now turned advocate from South Carolina, reached out to little old me wanting to be part of the podcast. Domestic violence and sexual assault are not just Wisconsin issues, after all, and it needs to be a team effort when it comes to serving victims. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now and let my guest introduce herself.
1: I'm Evelyn Hempfield. I'm also known as Evelyn, the advocate. I'm from South Carolina. I'm a domestic violence survivor, overcomer, and now upcoming advocate.
0: Advocacy isn't what I'd call a glamorous job. It takes a certain individual to want to become an advocate. That's why my first question for Evelyn was, what were the major events that led her to wanting to become an advocate in the first place?
1: I'm a two-time survivor of domestic violence. I experienced it as a teenager and then... As I became an adult, I got married, and I experienced it again. So um, being that I have a history of domestic violence, from the first time when I really saw no changes in what was happening as far as the process goes, that's what led me into wanting to become an advocate to help other people.
0: It didn't surprise me that Evelyn's history with domestic violence is what led her down the path of advocacy. I'd say because of her history, she has a certain insight that other advocates like myself will never have. Don't get me wrong, you don't need to be a survivor to be a successful advocate. I just think it makes it easier for survivors to open up if they are talking with somebody who spent through similar events as them. This did make me curious, however, of what advocacy meant to
1: Evelyn. Advocacy means speaking out, telling my story, hoping to help others, Mm -hmm. and we need to get some laws changed nationally when it comes down to this domestic violence.
0: Now, a big obstacle domestic violence survivors face is family court. And, of course, Evelyn's story is no different.
1: Well, the first time... It was just a lot of criminal court, but the Mm -hmm. second time it was family court because I had gotten married and a child was involved in the marriage, but I was also experiencing domestic violence, which I feel like, this is my opinion, people that worked in the court system, they really downplayed the domestic violence, so I had to become my own attorney. And so I had to go pro se, and that was the only way the evidence was introduced into the court system. That was in 2018, but I had gone through the process for 14 years.
0: Sadly, Evelyn's trouble with family courts isn't unique to domestic violence victims. It's not uncommon for victims to defend themselves in court, something they have little to no experience doing so, in order to do something like keep their kids safe from their abuser. I mean, it also doesn't help that abusers often present themselves as friendly and put together while making their victims look crazy. And keep in mind, family court encourages contact between the two parties, which adds a new string of problems for victims in an abusive household. So it's understandable if this all seems like an uphill battle for domestic violence victims.
1: I had to continue to have contact with my former abuser, my former spouse, and the courts, they, they just made sure they really didn't care if I believe if I was, I could have been killed, I believe. Because I had gone through the abuse for 12 years on record, well, between him and I. Which, you know, sometimes abusers, they want to try to, well, victims of abuse try to protect. They're abusers because they feel like they don't want the outside people knowing what's going on in their household, but we need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. I did have one good friend that I, you know, shared everything with, and they knew everything that was going on. So it's not good to try to protect someone that's abusing you. I've learned that because later on, you'll be the one that's suffering. Mm -hmm. You'll be victimized possibly twice from your former abuser, and the court system, if that's where the situation
0: ends up. Evelyn is right. It's not uncommon for victims to defend their abusers for many reasons. Some common ones I've heard is that the child needs that parent, or uh, it was an accident, or that the abuser just needs help and then they'll get better. The sad truth is, the longer the victim defends their abuser, the more harm it's going to cause the victim, either at home or in the courts. And, if you're currently in an abusive relationship, don't waste your time defending your abuser because, and you can quote me on this, an abuser isn't just going to wake up one day and decide to change and become a better spouse or parent. Sorry, went on a bit of a side tangent there, but next I wanted to ask Evelyn what her opinion is on what people need to do if they want to see change.
1: People have to stand up and we have to rally together. First of all, I believe the, it would help if the family court system would accept the real truth. Because a lot of the truths are suppressed in the family court system. There's a lot of hearsay that happens. And to me, in my opinion, sometimes whoever has the best lawyer or the most money, they could very well win the case, no matter the circumstances. Going back to the domestic violence piece, Mm. South Carolina is number six or number five in the nation. And they spend plenty of money on domestic violence, but there's something wrong because the numbers are not coming down. And domestic violence not only affects a woman and a man, it affects the children, it affects society because somebody has to pay for this stuff.
0: Abuse doesn't just affect the person being physically harmed, but the individuals who witness it as well, like the children in the home. Evelyn shared her thoughts on what was helpful for her and her son during this time.
1: I went through therapy myself, and I, for years I had some hidden things that I really didn't want to talk about, but when I went into court for custody, The court really tried to make me look like I had a mental problem. Yeah. So I had to be evaluated twice, and I had to spend all this money on these tests that came up with no significant psychological problems. I want to say that for the record. They thought that I was crazy because I was fighting for my son, and I was fighting for my rights, which I'm continuing to do that now, and I'm trying to help others. But anyway, they ended up doing um, producing court orders for me to go and get, you know, psychologically tested. And I revealed some information to one of the um, counselors that I had been hiding for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it really made me become empowered when I shared that information because that was a secret that I no longer had to carry, and it helped me fight. In the situation that I'm fighting, you know, mm-hmm. in now with the system against the system. So I was kind of like free, more or less, when I revealed the information that I revealed to the counselor. Counselor, so therapy is very important because you have to learn who you are. And it's important to know that.
0: I'm glad Evelyn discussed the importance of therapy. I understand some therapy can be a taboo subject. But it really is important to reach out when you're struggling. And you know what? It doesn't even need to be a therapist. It can be a friend, your doctor, or even a hairdresser. It just needs to be someone you trust. Anyway, my next question, I wanted to pick Evelyn's brain on what services in her region would she fund to help out domestic violence survivors if she had a million dollars.
1: If I had a million dollars, I'm working with Catapult Outreach Incorporated. It's a 5013C organization. Mm. It helps victims of women and children of domestic violence and sexual assault. We are in the process of doing a fundraising, trying to get a home for those um, victims to live at for a while. And also, we're going around to different churches, doing presentations, enlightening, the leaderships about domestic violence. So if we had a million dollars right now, I would purchase that home, and I would go around in this area first and then travel around the country doing presentations about domestic violence.
0: To end things off, I wanted to share some advice Evelyn gave for people who are going through domestic violence situations.
1: I would just say that if you're going through the situation... Try to just keep a a clear mind and always tell the truth. Because if you're caught making one mistake, fabricating anything, it's not gonna go well for you. Just tell the truth about everything. That's what I've been doing. And keeping your documentation, and also tell someone that you are being abused. Do not protect your abuser.
0: With that said, I'd like to give a special thanks to Evelyn for being on the podcast. Of course, I'd like to also thank you for listening. I hope you have a good day or night, and until next time. If you or someone you know is affected by domestic violence or sexual assault, I encourage you to reach out to our 100% confidential 24-hour hotline. That number is 715-834-9578. We have trained advocates ready to help.